0: Hello and welcome to the This Is Marketing Podcast. I'm Ross Marone and in this episode, we're going to be talking about the changes to the YouTube partnership program. For those of you that use YouTube and have high subscribers, uh, we're talking a thousand plus. The changes aren't really going to impact you at all, but they may down the road and that's kind of what I want to talk about in this podcast. I also wanna talk about those of us that just post videos haphazardly. Uh, It's content that we're either doing for ourselves or we're doing on a very low scale business type thing. We're showing how to use products. We're doing reviews. I have a YouTube channel where I do random reviews uh, or how to's, and that's actually what my name is on there. Uh, And I post things from around my house as I'm kind of, I buy a product and I'm unboxing it and I'm putting it together. I tend to talk about that um, and I'll post that video to YouTube. There's no consistency to it. But what there is is there's viewership on stuff and I'm I'm very conscious of how I post and using item numbers and manufacturing numbers and part numbers uh, and being very specific and trying to be timely too. If I find a product that's kind of new, I'll post a video about it, I'll do the unboxing of it, I'll put it together, I'll talk a little bit about it and I post that. It's usually five minutes, it could be as high as 10 minutes and I see tens of thousands of views on those uh, videos. I do have a wedding speech that I posted that I did Um, way back. I've been on YouTube for probably 10 plus years now, and I have uh, close to 100,000 views, which in YouTube world isn't that many, but I've seen some paychecks because of it. And actually, with the newer type of videos that I'm doing, I'm seeing a little bit more to the monetization. So what YouTube did is they put out a press release here uh, back in January, uh, early January. It still is January, talking about Uh, this change that's coming up. So I wanted to read a little bit of that press release, not the whole thing, I don't wanna be just somebody that reads. Um, But what I wanted to touch on after I read this is what these changes mean and and why they're possibly doing this. So here's part of this press release. Back in April of 2017, we set a YPP, that's a YouTube Partner Program, eligibility requirement of 10,000 lifetime views. For a lot of us, this is kind of going off, for a lot of us that was easy to achieve. So we posted a couple videos, we get that viewership and now we're eligible to do monetization, which means as our video plays, there's ads that are being run and if people click on those ads, we actually get paid. This is the same way that Google AdSense works as well. So if you have a website and you have ads running through the Google Partner Program um, and people click around on that site and they click links and ads on your site, you'll actually collect pennies and dollars from that, which add up over time and then YouTube cuts you a check back to the press release. While the th- that, while that threshold provided more information to determine whether a channel followed our community guidelines and policy, it's been clear over the last few months that we need a higher standard. Going off script, this higher standard is really coming because uh, there was a recently a video that kind of made some national news. Um, a big YouTuber was out in a forest and he saw a suicide victim and he recorded it and with all of his uh, hundreds of thousands, I think millions of subscribers, they saw this, a lot of which they know just analytically are probably kids that follow him just based off the other content he produces. So it was inappropriate um, at best to show this, but also to be monetized because of this, uh, for somebody to make money off that through this platform, YouTube really had to figure out something that they would do to change this. Now, this doesn't technically impact him as a user. Uh, It doesn't impact what he did. It's not gonna hurt his credibility. If anything, I think he got more press out of it, which will lead to more viewership and subscribers and followers, Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Starting today, we're changing the eligibility requirements for monetization to 4,000 hours of watch time within the past 12 months and 1,000 subscribers. We've arrived at these new thresholds after a thorough analysis and conversations with creators like you. This will allow us to significantly improve our ability to identify creators who contribute positively to the community and help drive more ad revenue to them and away from bad actors. These higher standards will also help us prevent potential inappropriate videos from monetizing, which can hurt revenue from everyone. On February 20th, 2018, we'll also implement this threshold across existing channels on the platform to allow for a 30-day grace period. On that date, channels with fewer than 1,000 subs or 4,000 watch hours will no longer be able to earn money on YouTube. When they reach out 1,000 subscribers and 4,000 watch hours, they will automatically be reevaluated under strict criteria to ensure they comply with our policies. New channels will need not apply, will need to apply, and their application will be evaluated when they hit these milestones. So that's the press release. On the surface, it's pretty cut and clear. You either have 1,000 and 4,000 or you do not get to monetize videos. Is this again impacting the person who probably Uh, created this issue? No. And he's probably not the only one. I don't wanna just speak at that. But from a YouTuber posting perspective, a lot of us use that to host the videos that we make for our businesses. And there's good reason. It allows YouTube to handle the bandwidth. It allows them to handle the actual player controls. Uh, It's mobile optimized. So if we embed a YouTube video onto our website, it's not actually taking away from the bandwidth that we have to pay for within the website, our hosting services. Uh, and it also doesn't impact us actually converting videos and having players installed and everything like that. That was a huge thing that we had to do 15 years ago. We were constantly making these players with controls. We were using Flash for it. Cell phones obviously killed Flash, so we had to come up with something different. YouTube was the obvious choice. Plus, you have the fact that there's over a billion active uh, users on YouTube each month, as I've mentioned many times, so the audience is there. So it just makes sense for us to post videos. Now, for us that look at this on the surface and say, well, that's unfair. It's it's kind of unfair, but it's not unfair. I constantly talk about content in this in this podcast. I want to make sure that everyone understands that you can't just make things to try to make them go viral. Now, that happens. There's the few that get that each month, each day. A video goes out and it's viral and they may post it on YouTube. And that may lead the subscribers and it may lead them to have a thousand. And then they get into this threshold where they can monetize those videos and they have good content they're posting it and people are coming back and viewing it. For those that don't follow that, you may say, well, I was making a little bit of money uh, and you know, now I'm gonna be impacted. They went on to say in this article that the majority, 99% uh, that are being affected from this are making less than $100 per year based on last year's data and 90% earning less than $250, $2.50 in the last month. So they're kind of coming back and saying, well, look, this change isn't impacting a ton of people. I happen to know a few people that have over that subscriber threshold. They're they're in the 10 to 20,000, and they do get a regular check, a monthly check from YouTube because they're producing content on a regular basis, which is relevant to each other and to their channel. And that's really what the nuts and bolts of what YouTube wants us to do by making this change. They're saying, look, if you're producing great content and your audience is reacting to that, then there's things that you can do to get subscribers. You see a ton of videos that either at the beginning, in the middle, or the end, or they have it annotated, that they're saying, you know, click the subscribe button below and subscribe to our channel for more videos like this. And that's what YouTube is all about. It's about building subscribers. It's about you becoming a fan of a channel and wanting to get that inboxed anytime a video is put out or being able to log in and go look at your subscribers uh, or subscribees and go and watch the videos that you love to watch. And for those content contributors that are making those videos, this isn't gonna impact them at all. They're gonna keep doing what they're doing and they're gonna keep continue to make money. I look at every negative thing uh, in both sides. I say, okay, on the surface, sucks for me because I don't have that subscribership to my channel. But it also tells me there's changes that I could have been making or that I could start making if I wanted to build up my YouTuber page, uh, my YouTube page, to get those subscribers. And the bottom line is it's content. I have to think, more deeply about the content that I'm producing in order to let subscribers know that I want them to come back. The number one killer I think of any business, whether it's with social media or it's blogging or it's posting videos, is having that calendar put together and keeping a consistency to everything that we do. This is telling us, YouTube's telling us, look, we have the data to back this up. We know that it's gonna impact a lot of people. We also are challenging you to look at what you're doing and produce better content. We keep moving towards that goal as an industry. As a marketing industry, the goal is to keep producing content that's relevant and engageable with our audiences. And YouTube's putting that challenge out there by saying you're no longer going to be able to monetize your videos this way. For some of us, there's other ways around this. You know, If you don't wanna get the paycheck from YouTube or you're saying I've never made a lot of money from from YouTube, you can do affiliate marketing. Uh, One of the things that I do with all of the reviews is I'm usually reviewing an actual product that you could go buy on Amazon and I have an Amazon affiliate program partnership uh, where I link to it. And actually they've just made changes to that membership as well. But at the bottom bottom line here is, is that if I'm making a product video and I'm showing myself unboxing it and it's useful and this and that, and someone's watching that and they find it useful, I have the link right there for them to go buy the product. If they buy the product, I get a commission from Amazon for it. So it's an affiliate sponsorship other people that are making money are actually doing reviews of products that are being sent to them. So there's a double-edged sword to having subscribers. On one side of it is you have to produce really good content that keeps them coming back. It has to be consistent. It has to be consistently posted. Let them know that you're doing it once a week. You're going to find a video for me every week. I can't even do my podcast once a week. So I you know, I'm not preaching, I'm not practicing what I preach. Uh, but I'm saying that that's kind of the f- secret formula to this is that if you build that audience and they have those expectations of you and they know what they're gonna get out of you, you're gonna build a subscribership from that. And that's the challenge, is to think that way about everything that you do. Uh, Be very purposeful about all of the content that you're producing and put it out there. And keep up with engagement. You know, When you post a video and people comment and they're not trolls, go in and comment back. Be helpful. Those are things that people will watch a video, read through comments, and then if they like what you're saying, they're going to look at usernames. If they see it's you responding, there's a very high likelihood that they're going to come back up and subscribe. But also have that solid call to action now in your videos. You're going to see a lot more of that. Please don't forget to subscribe to my channel because people are begging for that. Actually, on this article, funny enough, when you go into the comments because they still had that activated below, there is nothing but people posting their YouTube and saying, I will give a subscribe for a subscribe. So they're kind of using the, the press release to use that as a way to pivot and say, hey, I'll subscribe to your channel if you subscribe to mine. But even that isn't the appropriate way to get subscribers. We talked about followers. We talk about having a high followership and, and trying to get likes, trying to get fans just by doing things that we think are going to get that, but not building an audience that's relevant to what we're selling. I've talked about in this podcast even more recently when I talked about the amount of viewers that I had over the past year and how I've seen a large increase from last year. I don't have numbers that I want. Of course not. I don't have the millions of listeners each day. But what I do have is an audience that comes back and I think they consistently listen to my podcast. And by doing that, thank you. I'm providing value to you and you're providing value back to me because I'm not getting people that come listen once and say this isn't what I want to listen to. And I'm in a very niche podcast as well. I mean, I'm really talking about marketing and things around marketing. So to 99.9% of podcast listeners, I'm not relevant to them. And I know that, which is the reason that I think I I'm not seeing numbers go through the roof right away. Now, if I had something that was more trendy or, you know, you see the um, story type podcasts or, or people that are, you know, that have a, a kind of a celebrity to them, they get the followers right away because they have that building, that, that following behind them on other platforms. For me, it's about slow growth and slow growth in YouTube is going to be very positive. It's gonna allow you to get those subscribers. They're gonna come back and you're gonna build an audience that wants to see what you're putting out there. But by building a calendar, by keeping track of the content you're putting together, making sure there's a consistency across the board, Um, You're going to see that slow growth and slow growth is good because the audience retention is also important Those people that I think have subscribers and they don't have the views that matches subscribers They're gonna start to see the drop-off and that may be something that YouTube does is they're pushing subscribers away from their channel maybe they automatically unsubscribe somebody that hasn't watched your video in the past two or three months because Maybe they think that from a user standpoint that by doing that, they're helping users forget the stuff that they don't like and lead them to go find people that they do want to subscribe to. So I think you're gonna see a dramatic difference between channels that may have been popular a couple months ago, that the content has kind of fallen off or they're not putting the same kind of content out just because they're getting fatigue over it. You may see subscribership go down. It may push them past this threshold. Uh, The viewership also, kind of something they don't put in there under the 4,000 hours of subscribership is, is that always going to be for a certain time period? Like, are they going to look back and say, okay, we're every three months, we're going to reevaluate whether you're getting the same watch time. And if not, we're going to push your channel further and further down in searches or type of videos that you're posting to. So a lot of things going on here in my head about what this can mean, not only for the people that are getting kicked out to begin with, but also those that may be kind of on that Right on that line of whether or not they're going to keep that um, keep that viewership. So my tips uh, from a business standpoint. So what does this mean? If you're a business and you're doing videos and you're using this for the hosting solution that it is, the easy show and platform and embedding it on your website, keep doing what you're doing because that's working for your website visitors. Uh, maybe you don't care about the monetization side of this. And you probably shouldn't. I mean, if you have people coming to your site and they're buying from you and the videos are helpful and useful to you, then that's great. But if here's a way that you can build another audience here, you know, always thinking outside of what our website is on the surface or what social media is on the surface, it's about retention of customers. It's about getting them to come back and think of you thinking of you before they think of another company that provides the same product. So my tips are to tighten up your content calendar. Really think about what it is you're posting, how often, and having a consistency to that. Um, definitely do not beg for shares or submissions or follow backs or submission back or uh, subscriber back. Make sure that's something you don't do. You shouldn't do that on any platform, Twitter, Instagram. Do not ask people, hey, I'll follow you if you follow me. That is something you really want to avoid. Um, user engagement is built off of slow growth. Keep that in the back of your head. Don't be afraid that the numbers aren't through the roof. It's just like losing weight. Slow weight loss is good weight loss. Same thing with subscribers. Slow subscribership is good subscribership. The last thing is cross marketing on different platforms. So if I'm posting a video, am I just going to Twitter and posting the link and take it and having it automatically generate the title of the video and that's it? Or am I talking about it? You know, Twitter just gave us a lot more characters to type with. So when you're posting a video, go over to Twitter and share it and talk about what's in that video. You may get somebody that has a YouTube account that's going to come over and watch the video and be logged in and it's a simple step. Just hit that subscribe button. That's the simplest step that somebody can do. So have strong call to actions in your content for those type of users. But don't just limit yourself to posting on YouTube and hoping that people follow you there. If you have an audience on Twitter, keep building it. Again, slow growth over there is good, but engage with your audience. Um, Go on the blogs, comment on blogs. If you have a video that's relevant to a blog that you just read, don't be afraid to post that link. I know people are a little bit wary of that, but share content. That's what the internet's about is sharing content. And I think Instagram is a great way to pivot some of YouTube uh, and things that we do there. Same with Facebook. If we do a video on YouTube, post that YouTube video to your Facebook page have the links, have some text content about it, hopefully create some engagement with your audience there and get them to go over. Hey, if you like these videos and you subscribe to us, you'll get notified immediately the next time we post a video about that. Put something that's enticing. Call to actions are very important. Same with Instagram. Now you're limited to the amount of video that you could post, but if you could post one minute of that video, uh, you know you crop it out as you're editing it, cut it down to that one minute, And post it on Instagram and then kind of make it a teaser to say, you know, to see the full video, go to our YouTube channel. Don't forget to subscribe for more content like this. So you can fall into that category of being able to monetize your videos. I think the the little nugget of information they dropped in there is um, the little part here that says, let me find it. Uh, This will allow us to significantly improve our ability to identify creators who contribute positively to the community and help drive more ad revenue to them. That's kind of the probably the line that stuck out the most to me. I think what YouTube's saying is, look, we're going to make sure that the people that are are producing great content are going to get rewarded for it. And by doing that, we're going to help push traffic your way, whether it's they're changing their search algorithm behind this within YouTube or whether you're going to get more pay because of people just clicking ads, you know, ads on whether it's YouTube or the partner program or search, uh, it's supply and demand. So now that they're kind of forcing the demand part of it out by saying there's not as many videos and content contributors that reach even into our ad program, we're creating more ads for people that are doing that. So supply and demand is going to have a little bit of impact. And I think you may even see a little bit higher pay uh, come from the viewership that you get. You may get paid a little more per click because there's less people that are eligible to actually get that ad revenue now. There's no doubt that people are still going to be advertising with Google. Uh, We still use a significant amount of budget with the the university and across the board with clients on search. Um, Google makes it really easy for us to pop a video into our ad campaign and have it go over to YouTube and pre-roll video and, and we pay for that. And I think just on the analytics side of being the advertiser, we see really, really significant uh, feedback. We see significant viewership. We see a lot of people that are watching a video that watch our video, click into our website, perform an action, and then go back. Uh, so that's really good, and I think that it's really gonna have a positive impact on the at the end of the day. So it's really, this press release is doing more than just changing subscribers and changing the monetization and everything there within YouTube. It's creating a really great opportunity for people that are have that ability to create video content. And if you're just maybe teetering on whether or not you're going to get into it, this is one of those chances for you to jump back into a platform that's almost resetting itself in a way when it comes to the actual content channels that we see. It's an opportunity for you to start to make a name for the type of content that you can produce. Remember. Content's about being the expert. It's about writing things that, that show your expertise on a subject. It's about having it produced in a way that it resonates with your audience. It makes them feel comfortable. It informs them of something. That gives you credibility, and to your user, it gives them a reason to come back. That's what content's all about. So video content is, is gonna make a huge resurgence. Uh, not that I think it ever went away, but I think more people have budgets. It's much easier, as I've mentioned in other casts, to actually make a video using a phone. Uh, There's a million different ways for you to make content on the cheap. You don't have to break the bank to do it. You just have to find the right person to actually produce that content. So now's the time to get into it again. It's a great opportunity. I think if you're not doing it, you're gonna be missing the boat on this. Uh, If you have comments, you think something differently than what I said or you agree with me, I'd love to hear from you on Twitter, Um, at Ross Marone on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram at thisismarketing. Uh, And as always, you can listen to my podcast by searching for This Is Marketing on your favorite podcast system. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.